namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Buddhang tamang sankhang namasami. Very glad to see um, so many people gathered together uh, here at Amravati on uh, New Year's Eve uh, 2023, about to come to an end here in the, the UK, uh, 2024 about to begin. Of course, it's already started in other parts of the world, New Zealand, Australia. Thailand, Malaysia, it's already, it's already 2024 by now, but uh, here we are, we're in, the, in England, in the UK, so uh, we're just a few hours, uh, say three and a quarter hours away from uh, the, the ending of this year and the beginning of the new one. Uh, coming to the ending of a, a year, it's a natural a juncture, a, uh, a turning point, and uh, an ideal opportunity to, uh, as uh, the, the Buddha encouraged us to, to let go of the past and to uh, say, uh, open our hearts to the present, let go of the past, let go of the future, and open our hearts to the present. And this is a extremely helpful, uh, skillful advice. But uh, sometimes... Letting go of the past, um, uh, we can do that too readily. We can push the past away and uh, sort of shove it behind us. And uh, that's not the most skillful way, I would suggest, uh, of us relating to, to the past, to the uh, experience we, we have had of the last year or earlier parts of our life. Um, uh, and it's because uh, the... the uh, lack of readiness of our mind to learn skillful lessons from the past that uh, we continue to make mistakes in the future. As the, uh, uh, the philosopher George Santayana once uh, famously put it, those who do not learn from the past are condemned to repeat it. So uh, one of the uh, aspects of the teaching, along with letting go of the past, is is to uh, not uh, say take that to mean rejecting or, or pushing away or ignoring, but instead to to learn from the past, to learn from the choices that have been made, the events that have occurred in our lives, uh, things that have happened uh, around us, to the things that we've, we've been a part of, the, the choices, decisions that we have made along the way. Because uh, as uh, Santayana said, if we... And do not uh, learn from the past, then we'll keep repeating the same mistakes, keep uh, say doing the same you know, foolish things and causing ourselves and others uh, difficulty over and over again. So the, the ending of a year, um, I, I feel it's a very, very good opportunity to, to look back at the, the past and to see what can be learnt from that, you know. Well, and particularly over the last year, but even even before that, when we cast our attention back uh, 
So what, uh, uh, what has happened, what has occurred in our lives, and what is there to be learnt from that? So uh, in uh, looking at this area, I like to divide things up into four, four sections, four chunks. And uh, yeah, the first of these, uh, probably most uh, close to home for, for each of us, is to look back at the, the foolish mistakes that we have made during the last year, then uh, in the past, to look at, at personal actions that uh, we have regretted or that have had painful, painful results, uh, negative consequences of the, the choices we have made. So uh, uh, this is a, um, something that we uh, can easily mishandle in our ordinary everyday lives when we approach uh, our, our actions, we look at our choices from a, a position of self-view, then we can uh, give rise to a lot of guilt or self-hatred. I'm a terrible person, I shouldn't have done that, how could I be so stupid? That was so destructive, that was really dishonest, that was unkind. I'm a horrible person, I hate myself. So self-view, when it takes uh, the, the sort of control over that, looking at the past, then it, it just creates more suffering and more, uh, more pain, more difficulty. Uh, or it can just move towards uh, self-justification. Well, people didn't like what I did, but that's their problem. <laughs> they don't like it, this thing, you should get over it. Um, it's not my issue. Uh, I do what I like to do, and if other people don't like it, then that's tough luck. So it's called self foolish self-justification, <laughs> and also not a, a, a way to bring about happiness and, uh, and peace and, and ease in our lives or the lives of, of others around us. So uh, the, uh, the encouragement of the Buddha in terms of uh, unskillful action that, that we ourselves have carried out over and over again, particularly in his instructions for the in the Vinaya for the for the monastic community, but it applies directly for the lay community as well. He uh, he says repeatedly uh, to recognize our transgressions as such, and to endeavor to do uh, better in the future. This is called development in this Dhamma and discipline. This, this is called bhavana, development, in this Dhamma and discipline. So that, uh, um, that doesn't necessarily have any kind of element of self in it. It's really looking at, at action. Uh, yes, this was uh, an action based on selfishness, on greed, on aversion, on fear, on, uh, on desire, uh, on the kind of self-centered biases, yes, it's based on that. Um, and that being the cause, here's the effect. And the effect is, is painful, uh, is, uh, is uh, unpleasant for, for this being, for other beings. So it's recognizing that, that there's harmful action, destructive action has been taken, but there's not any kind of creation of ego or self-view around that. It's just, this was done, here's the result. We don't have to take it personally. So that uh, when the Buddha says to, to recognize our uh, transgressions as, as such, um, it's in a way looking uh, with an eye of Dhamma at those, uh, those actions, those choices, and uh, to acknowledge that. So it, it's not pleasant 
to acknowledge that, well, that was dishonest or that was unkind or that was hurtful, that was based on you know, anger or, or uh, a, 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 a conceited view, a judgmental view. It's not pleasant to acknowledge that unskillfulness, but uh, it's also being very, um, uh, very realistic. And then through, as he says, through acknowledging our transgressions as such, uh, and then endeavoring to do better in the future, then this is called development. So the, the force or the, the mental quality that guides that turning, uh, bringing attention to unskillful action and to encouraging uh, the, us to, to do better uh, in, the, in the present and into the future is called Hiri Otapa. So uh, the, those of you who visited the Amravati temple this evening and, uh, and other occasions, you might have noticed on either side of the doors as you come in, there are two uh, devas, uh, uh, they're depicted according to the classical Thai uh, art, artistic forms. So one has got a bluish aura and one has got a reddish aura. So Lumpur Sumedha, when this temple was built in 1999, um, he commissioned those two uh, those two devas to be painted. Uh, Pang Chinasai, Kun Pang, many of you might remember, very, very skilled Thai artist. Lumpa asked him, said, could you do, do these two paintings to stand by the, the doors of the Amravati temple, one representing Hiri and the other representing Otapa? So he'd seen this in a number of uh, temples and uh, uh, shrines in Thailand and uh, and uh, thought this was a very, very skillful symbol, a symbol for us uh, in our spiritual aspirations, that the, the, uh, these two qualities, hiri, which is a, a what we can call conscience or moral sensitivity, a sense of, of um, say, uh, an awareness of what is wholesome, what is unwholesome, uh, hiri, and, and otapa, which is... Um, sometimes described as a, a wise fear of consequences, um, but also it can be, sometimes it can be in, interpreted as meaning the uh, off-putting quality of unskillfulness when it's seen um, in, uh, in others, uh, in other beings um, around us. Uh, these uh, are called the guardians of the heart or the guardians of the world, the lokapala, so that uh, Lumpur Sumedha, having seen this in a few uh, temples in Thailand in the past, thought, well, when I build a, uh, when I build an upositor hall, when I build a temple, I really like to have these two um, guardian symbols uh, right at the, at the doorway, at the gateway, to uh, encourage people to, to, uh, or to feel that quality of protection and for that quality of protection to be strengthened and, and uh, supported, to be developed and, and encouraged. So we might feel like when we do something unskillful, we tell a lie or we, we uh, uh, manipulate things, uh, situations to get something that we want or we, we behave in greedy or indulgent ways, dishonest ways, uh, uh, you know, hurtful, destructive ways. We, uh, we might not want to acknowledge that or we want to forget that or we want to justify it. But hiriotapa is the, the painfulness in the heart that, it, uh, that is there when the unskillfulness of those actions is uh, recognized. So it's the recognition of you, if you, you've told a lie, it's when you recollect that and you think of that, it's the ow 
ow, feeling, oh dear, that was pretty awful. And so uh, we, we might not want to feel that painful emotion, but uh, the, the, the qualities of Hiri and Otapa, they're called the guardians of the world. Uh, the, 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 and they carry out that guarding by being uncomfortable. That's how they do their job. These devas outside the door are quite friendly looking. <laughs> so they are, they are appealing in that way. But uh, it's helpful to understand that Hiriyotapa, it does its job by, being, uh, by making us uncomfortable. That's why, just in the same way that physical pain works to protect the body, uh, by being unpleasant, you know, if we, if I, if I bash my my finger against the the edge of this the, the dumber seat, ow, it hurts. <laughs> so stop doing that, Ajahn Amro. Are you going to damage your finger? You're going to uh, hurt yourself. You're going to get a bruise, or you're going to break your finger. So that painfulness is a warning. It's like don't do that. If don't do that, if you do more of it, you're going to cause serious damage. So pain, physical pain, works by being unpleasant. That's how it does its job. And so that we don't like pain, we try to live in a way we're not creating more of it, but uh, it's useful. It's a useful, unpleasant experience. <laughs> so Hiri Otapa works in exactly the same way in terms of our, our behavior, our conduct. So that it's painful to remember the the lies we've told, or the the, uh, the ways we've uh, we've hurt others, or deceived others, or acted in ways that are selfish, or dishonest, or greedy, destructive, uh, and that uh, it's not pleasant to um, to recollect those things. It's painful, but that painfulness is exactly what protects the heart. Just like physical pain protects the body, then the hiriyotapa is exactly what protects the heart. So. Of these these four tasks, <laughs> I would suggest at the ending of the year to look back, to not be afraid to acknowledge the unskillful things that we've said that we've done. Uh, again, not to feed a, a negative self-image or to to feed guilt or self-criticism, but to simply acknowledge: yes, that was poorly done. That wasn't very honest. You know, I cheated there, or I, I lied there. I was greedy. I was uh, I was deceptive there. Yes, and when that's thought of and that's brought to mind, ow! <laughs> and so, the the way that hiriyotapa works, uh, just like physical pain, it's not it's non conceptual, non verbal. It's not just an idea. It's a a direct feeling. So the more that we let hiriyotapa function in a non-verbal, non-conceptual way, as a direct feeling, just, just acknowledging that, ow! <laughs> the, the less that we complicate it with our ideas and thoughts, the more effective that is in helping us to, say, uh, develop more skillful uh, conducts, more skillful behavior into the future. So, that the first of these, these tasks of looking back over the, the past um, I would suggest is you know, looking at the the, uh, the actions that we have taken, the choices we've made that have had painful results. To not be afraid to to let those into the heart, to know those, and to cultivate that quality of hiriyotapa. Though, and sometimes people might feel that the, the more spiritually developed that we are, the more that we are uh, uh, say completely at at, uh, at peace 
with things and that they're not not bothered by um, those kind of feelings of recrimination or regret. But it's interesting how in Buddhist psychology it points that it's pointed out that the the more spiritually developed you are, the stronger hiriotapa becomes. So that the more uh, the more advanced or more developed the heart is, the the more it hurts to even bend the truth a little bit, <laughs> to uh, to be uh, 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 to be even a, a little bit greedy or a little bit deceptive, a little bit uh, cruel. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's very obviously and immediately painful, and so that our heart becomes more sensitive, and so that. As it said that you know, uh, when a being is totally enlightened, when they've reached arahantship, they literally cannot engage in wrongdoing. They can't deliberately tell a lie. Like the, the tongue will not form an untruth. <laughs> they cannot deliberately take the life of another living being. Like the hand cannot move to to uh, to kill a mosquito or uh, such like. It just won't. It won't do it. It can't. It, it won't act. It can't act in that way. So uh, I feel it's very, very helpful for us to change uh, the the way that we look at our past mistakes and our foolish actions, uh, the stupid things that we've done, the bad habits that we have, to to uh, 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 not be afraid to look at them, but to let go of the my bad habits or my wrongdoing or my my unskillful action, you know, what, what I have done wrong, to let go of all of that selfing around it. And just to recognize it, look at it more in a, uh, uh, a, uh, uh, a mode of the patterns of nature. This was done, this was the result. Ow! <laughs> this, was, this is what was, uh, was uh, said, this is uh, the, the result of it. Ow! Just to uh, let that have its effect. And then uh, that painfulness, uh, it guides us into skillful action in the future because... Uh, if we really let that in, then we just don't want to repeat that. That's the causes, making the causes for more difficulty, more discomfort uh, for ourselves. So then the second of the two aspects of reviewing the past I like to encourage, then is looking at the painful things that others have done to us, or that the, the painful uh, uh experiences we've had on account of things that other people have done either either people in the workplace people in our family or people more remotely like in the government or around the world and to to look at the way that we can carry other people around we can resent and have negative feelings towards what your family members have said to you or your sister your brother your parents your children grandchildren uh, or as people in the workplace, your boss, your your, your staff, your co-workers, uh, the the way the the management have treated you, uh, the, and uh, or, or the way that uh, you've had to deal with with uh, decisions that the government have made, or different activities of people in in uh, positions of power they've taken. It's very easy to be very critical, negative, and carry a lot of bitterness in our heart. Uh, around uh, things that others have done, the choices others have made that are painful to us. So when we look back over the year, we, it's good to see uh, how many people are we carrying around? <laughs> how many members of the government and, 
how many people in our family or in our in our, in our working life in the in our school or our college or hospital the office or wherever we live and work carrying around those feelings of negativity resentment aversion towards those people and that can turn into a lot of luggage <laughs> you know, a big weight a whole crowd of people that we're carrying around so in, in our Buddhist practice, then the Lord Buddha uh, greatly encouraged the quality of forgiveness. And uh, we have rituals or ceremonies of asking for forgiveness um, but, uh, that we, we carry out uh, yeah, regularly during the year. But I feel it's very helpful to, to bring our attention to the way we carry each other around, the way we, we can easily feel, may all beings be happy except her or yeah, him. Yeah, that one is excluded. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we kind of, uh, something f tightens up and freezes in us. And so it's good to look at that, you know, the, the ones that are being left out. Um, and so that uh, we uh, can cultivate that quality of forgiveness. Again, not pretending that we like the, the cruel things that somebody did or that we're, we're pretending that the... The, uh, uh, the experience that we had, the difficulties, difficulties we've had with our, 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 uh, our livelihood, our, our living situation because of choices that people around us have made that, or in our family or in the government or being fired from a job, whatever it might be. We can't pretend that we like the unlikable, but we can stop carrying people around. We can forgive so that it's one of the interesting things about forgiveness is the word give in the middle of forgi forgiveness. <laughs> that that's not a mistake, that's not an accident. That the, the action of forgiveness is giving, uh, it's a giving, it's a generosity. You're giving space uh, to other people to be less than perfect. To, uh, to be recognizing that the, the world is not entirely populated by uh, unselfish and wise uh, and kind arahants that uh, we um, we are not living in a world of enlightened beings and so the beings, the other people the other humans that we share this world with uh, uh, are living with minds uh, governed to a great uh, extent by greed, greed, hatred and delusion uh, alongside the skillful and uh, attribute, helpful attributes of of kindness, intelligence, generosity, and duty, and so on, that uh, there's a lot of greed, hatred, and delusion in the mix as well. If we were living in a world entirely populated by arahants, and we still were on the receiving end of bad treatment, then I'd say we'd have good reason to complain. <laughs> like, if, if arahants were treating us so badly, or like, making such terrible decisions, yeah, you, that's a good reason to grumble. But... Uh, it's interesting uh, uh, that um, within the, again, in, in terms of Buddhist psychology, sanity it comes with arahantship. So anyone who's not an arahant is to some degree in, insane. So this is, uh, and this might sound inappropriate or uns, uh, un, uh, a rude thing to say, but it's... Um, if we look at uh, our living with other human beings as life on the psychiatric ward, you know, we're, we're sharing the ward, the, the psych ward with each other, 
And then if we, if we think about that, then, and we look around, see how we relate to each other on the street, on the road, in the workplace, think, well, actually, I think we do rather well, you know, considering we're all insane, and that uh, we have varying degrees of insanity guiding our, our, our actions and our choices, that um, if, we, if, we, if we think everyone is sane and perfect and wise and skillful, and then they uh, act in these ways that are destructive, then, yeah, you can understand feeling distressed. But if we, instead, we change the framework and think, well, this is life on the psych ward, then, uh, and again, forgive me if that's an, uh, an inappropriate uh, suggestion, but as a... As a um, uh, as a an exactly not exactly a mind game, but a a, a a way that we can change the perspective on things, then we we look around and we say, okay, if we were all patients in a psychiatric unit, then we behave pretty well. We look after each other pretty well. Behave we behave pretty respectfully and caringly, and and of course, there's going to be a, a few um, times when people make bad choices or say weird things or. Uh, act in ways that are selfish or destructive or or uh, foolish, but that's that's to be expected. So this is one way of giving more space to each other to to recognise that even if we uh, are being impacted in a painful way by the the choices, the opinions, the action and actions of others, it's very rare. I would say extremely rare in the human world that someone is acting in a sort of deliberate, malicious, destructive way, that they're acting in a way that they really want to hurt and to cause harm. Mostly people are trying to look after their own interests, their own concerns, that the, the, they're working and acting to, um, to say, take care of the things that are most important to them, and they're just not thinking about the impact of their actions, and, and that... Um, it's uh, it's usually because of the unexpected and uh, uh, say effects of people's actions. They're not really taking into account how this is going to hurt other people or who's going to be uh, receiving a, a, a some kind of disadvantage from what you do. Uh, it's not malicious. It's not destructive. It's not hurtful in most circumstances. I would say it's it's very rare that. Um, people are uh, acting in what we would call an evil way. So uh, it's, uh, it can be, uh, I also acknowledge just speaking in these ways, it can be challenging and people can feel, well, you don't know what he did to me, Ajahn. Yeah, that was, that was really malicious and terrible. And so, you know, sometimes it can, it can be that way, can feel that way. But uh, in terms of applying the, the Buddha's teaching and the Buddha's practice, uh, in our lives, then it's. Uh, uh, I would suggest that if we do look at, at, at things in terms of of uh, people being deluded, people being uh, lost in their own opinions, their own perspectives, we find uh, a way that we can make more space for each other. As uh, Lumpur Cha in one of his Dhamma talks said, how uh, you know you can be <coughs> walking walking along the street and, and somebody starts shouting at you and insulting you and you get really angry and upset. Like, how can that guy talk to me like that? That's really rude. That's, that's, that's appalling. How disgusting. Yeah, how, how disrespectful. How can he say those things? And you, you're carrying around this, of, this resentment, this grudge. 
and then a little later in the day you meet up with someone else and, and you tell them about this being insulted, being uh, uh, say, uh, assailed by these, uh, this person uh, being rude to you and, and, uh, and disrespectful. And they say, oh, that guy is totally crazy. He's been crazy for years. Uh, you know, he says that to everyone. And, and as Lung Po Chai points out, as soon as you realize the person's crazy, then oh, you, can, you relax. <laughs> That uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't personal. So I'm sort of uh, uh, extending that comment of Lumpur Chars uh, to say, well, if we uh, if we look at each other uh, as uh, and recognise that our actions can be uh, guided by these uh, by greed, by hatred, by delusion, and we make a bit more space for each other, not expecting everyone to be perfect and wise and uh, unselfish and kind and honest at, at all times then we're not saying we like that or that's a good thing, but we make a, a bit more space for each other in that way. So forgiveness doesn't mean that we, f- we forget. <laughs> so we might, we might have that expression, forgive and forget. I would say forgive, but don't forget. You know, we, we, are, uh, we are aided by paying attention um, and, uh, and learning from, from what happens. So, um, uh, in, in forg- uh, forgiving, we're not uh, being foolish or just, uh, uh, say, insensitive to situations. But what this is about is not, uh, not taking hold of, uh, of the idea of another person, carrying them around, and burdening our own heart with those, that feeling of, of grudge, of patika, of uh, aversion, hatred, and resentment. Uh, it's it's a very interesting looking at the example of the Lord Buddha himself that uh, he never uh, uh, he never bore grudges. There were people who had uh, uh, say quite active campaigns to criticize him, make life difficult for him, um, but he he never carried a, a grudge around. He was uh, he was always ready to to help others uh, even when they were very bitterly opposed to him and, and doing things to to cause him harm like his his cousin devadatta you know the the buddha bore no grudge or negativity towards devadatta he was trying to uh, to help him uh, you know, as much as he could but the the uh, uh, the way that devadatta behaved you know caused uh, you know a lot of difficulties in the in the sangha and in, in the buddha's world but uh, he did what he could to try and guide him, but uh, you know, David Atta was sort of determined to go his his own way right right up until the end. So also with with uh, forgiveness and uh, the uh, working on your own perception, seeing how people appear in your mind, or when you talk to someone, or they're in the room, or you're having to work with them, that. Your your heart sort of takes hold of ah that guy he's he's doing that again I can't stand it and he's he's uh, 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 he's so awful you know she can't she uh, she can't be doing that again that's so destructive and so painful notice that notice how the mind launches into a a kind of reaction a comment notice that feel that and that's the moment to forgive that's the moment to notice your mind's reactions and to ask yourself do i have to hold on to this person in this way do i have to carry this person around does this need to be sustained or does this attitude need to be believed in 
And just by asking that kind of a question, establishing the mindfulness of the mood, the attitude in that way, then notice how there's a little bit more space, even in just asking that question. Do I have to be this way? Do I have to uh, resent this person in this way? Do I have to believe in my mind's negative feelings? And then right there, in that moment, we can see there's a little bit more space. And then it's the degree to which we can forgive each other and not uh, not carry people around. And yeah, uh, then notice that. Uh, notice that, that's, that spaciousness in the heart of, uh, of unburdenedness, like not carrying a lot of luggage around. <laughs> notice the unburdenedness you know, of that. Uh, I remember some, uh, some time ago I was talking with one of the members of the community here and uh, I'm not trying to make any claims or boasts about myself but uh, in this dialogue, in this conversation we were having in the dialogue I made the comment that uh, I never feel disappointed by anybody uh, I never feel betrayed and the, the person is looking at me with this kind of literally kind of open-mouthed amazement like no one, no one ever disappoints you. I said, no. I, I kind of thought about it. Am I, am I exaggerating, or am I? Is that really true? And I, I thought, I said, no. I, I'm, I never feel disappointed um, in people. I don't feel betrayed because I'm, I try uh, in my practice not to create people and carry them around or have a lot of expectations in that people should be a certain way for me. I feel I've had extraordinarily good instruction, good guidance over the years, uh, Lumpo Cha, Lumpo Sumato, and my, uh, my wonderful teachers, that, uh, 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 that that's uh, a very helpful quality, so that um, uh, if we are expecting people to fulfill our, our desires, our, our, say, our, um, uh, our mental image of them, that you, know, you should be like this in my life, you know, as my mother, my father, you should be like this, as my partner, as my children, you should be like this, as my boss, you should be like that, as my Ajahn, you should be like this, you shouldn't be like that. The more that we have a, a, a solid expectations about each other, and we believe in those, those judgments the, the, and how people should be for me, um, and then we create a lot of burden. We, we're carrying those people around. And similarly, the, the resentments and negativities, you know, you have done this to me and I'm never going to forgive you. And how could you do that? That was you know, so selfish, so, uh, so greedy, so dishonest. Yeah. How could you do that to me? Um, uh, again, if we, if we notice what the mind is doing and we uh, let go of, uh, of that, let, we stop creating those um, judgments and believing in them, then the, the world gets a, a lot more spacious. So this is all to do with uh, relating to the painful actions of, of others uh, uh, and how to look at those, how to review those, and to let go, to forgive, to give space to others to be imperfect, and to... Um, uh, to to see that we do have the, the ability, the capacity for that. It, this, in saying that, it doesn't mean that we, uh, we are completely passive. <laughs> you can forgive someone and still say, um, you know, I, I forgive you completely. By the way, did you realize 
<laughs> that when you say this or when you do that, that it does, it is really annoying to a lot of people. So, you know, I, I'm not not speaking out of negativity or not uh, not speaking out of aversion or, or disrespect. But are you aware that when you say such and such, that really upsets a lot of people? Did you did you know that? <laughs> so when I say forgiveness, it doesn't mean never giving feedback or never offering. Um, uh, guidance to others it's not about being completely passive but it's not dwelling in aversion not carrying people around so then the third one on the list uh, is then to uh, look at the uh, the positive things the, the blessings the benefits that you have received from others again from the family members the people that you work with uh, the people in your spiritual community even uh, members of the government leading uh, political figures around the world to consciously appreciate and cultivate gratitude for all the blessings that, that, that we have received so uh, this is a, um, a sometimes something that we, we don't take trouble to do but uh, gratitude is a is a, a very beautiful and liberating quality of the heart, gratefulness. There's a, a, a very fine Christian monk called Brother David Steindlrust, who um, his, uh, his whole theme for many, many years in his uh, spiritual teachings was about gratefulness, and gratefulness being the heart of, of, of prayer of, uh, in his Christian terminology and his, his practice. That uh, uh, gratefulness... Uh, is a very um, noble, beautiful attitude of mind because it's a way of uh, consciously appreciating what uh, the positive forces are in our life, the things that have nourished us, the things that have, have guided us in helpful ways, the things that have supported us and, and brought blessings into our world. So uh, gratefulness has a, uh, also brings with it a, a quality of humility so again you're, you're not dwelling on your expectations and your wishes your desires but it's there's a humble quality of like wow how marvelous i'm so grateful for this day i'm grateful for the, the dhamma teachings i'm grateful for the, the possibility to have good friends i'm grateful that the uh, the um, there is food on the table i'm grateful that uh, the the people that i live with are, are good-hearted and and uh, are uh, you know, honest and kind you know, to the to uh, the the uh, uh, in terms of those presences in our our life to consciously appreciate uh, that uh, that's those qualities it brings a brightness and a spaciousness to the heart. The the Pali word for for gratitude is katanyu, and that's often twinned with another quality called katavedi. So these are often uh, translated or, or described as continuous gratefulness or a quality of appreciation, gratitude for what has been done, what we have received, uh, gratitude for our teachers, gratitude to our parents, gratitude for the, the blessings of life. And then katavedi is often described as then the response that is made you know, uh, uh, when we appreciate uh, what's been given to us, what we've received, then katavedi is what you do in response. But I, I was having a, a, a um, conversation um, a, f a few months ago with Ajahn Siripanyo, and uh, he had been looking at the, the, the etymology, the origins, of the sources of those two words, 
and uh, which I found very, very interesting. He said that kata, uh, katanyu, katanyuta, uh, gratitude, uh, the, what, uh, where it comes from is anyu, is from anya, meaning knowledge, and kata is from the verb to, to do or to make. So it's the acknowledgement of what has been done. Uh, so gratitude is acknowledging what's been done for you is, uh, the, is the gratitude part. And in kata vedi, uh, ve- the vedi of uh, kata vedi comes from the feeling. So the, the, uh, the first part, the katanyu, is kind of knowing what's been done more as the idea, uh, the recollection. And then katavedi is the feeling, the, the vedana, the sensation, what arises in the heart when you appreciate how much uh, uh, has been given to you by your parents, by your teachers, by uh, the, uh, the world, in the, from the, the beings and the, the living system around us, then uh, that, the feeling of that, then what arises is, is what to do in, in response, how to... Uh, to repay, not not to repay in terms of a debt, but rather what comes forth, what arises within us because of that feeling of of how blessed we've been and what we've what we've received. So uh, when we we look at gratitude uh, or this area from again from a position of self view and ego, then it can feel like. Um, we are we're in debt that we we are, we've received so much therefore we should repay the debt or that we are um, we owe something to our parents or to society or to to the sangha and that it's a a, a feeling of uh, a burden can come from that that a debt that, that should be repaid but uh, I feel it's much more uh, skillful like these other qualities to see how they function most effectively uh, free of self-view. So it's not like I am grateful that, that I have got this from you, so I am grateful to you, I, I owe you um, uh, the, uh, some response that will repay what you have given to me, which is casting things in terms of self and other and those kind of ego-centered habits. We, we don't need to think that way, but rather this is what has been done, this is the feeling of having received those blessings, and here it is. <laughs> it doesn't have to be taken personally, it doesn't have to be seen in, a, in, a, in a, an, an ego-centered way, a self-centered way, but rather how nature works. This is what has been done, here is the cause, here is the effect, yes. <laughs> and then, uh, the uh, the katavedi that is the natural respons- responsivity how the heart responds uh, with with generosity with kindness with wanting to to uh, say um, act in ways that that uh, resonate or, or uh, say are uh, uh, say uh, a um, an appropriate response to what has been given to us, uh, what what arises, is is natural. It's not forced. It's not from an obligation or anything that's that's uh, say demanded. But rather, in, uh, the the heart naturally wants to do good and to help and to and to thank or to express appreciation uh, within an, in an unforced and and uh, a, a easy and easeful way. 
So that's uh, the third of the, uh, say, the, the tasks at the end of the year, to look back and consciously appreciate, uh, to uh, to to know, to acknowledge what has been done, and then to, to uh, uh, say, to give life to the feeling, the, the, the Vedana, the, the sensation, uh, the, the mood of the heart, the, the joyfulness uh, that comes from that gratitude. And then let that be something that guides our actions in the future, what we want to do, uh, uh, what arises within us as ways to express our appreciation and to, uh, say, respond in kind to what has been received. And then the last of the, the tasks uh, I would suggest, which is for many people the most difficult, is to uh, look back and to appreciate the positive things that we have done. And so that um, uh, certainly in the West, and the conditioning of the Judeo-Christian world is that you shouldn't think about all of your good actions. <laughs> That uh, you don't you don't want to be proud or inflated or or uh, say egotistical about what I have done and how special I am and how uh, how much I've uh, I've helped you and what a good person I am all these kind of things uh, uh, are encouraged to be let go of and not not to be developed you the sin of pride as it's called <coughs> so there can be a lot of of, of uh, say um, mental pressure to not be looking at the, the the beneficial things that you've done because of not wanting to be proud or conceited or inflated, but the the Lord Buddha actually encouraged us to re- reflect upon to recollect and reflect upon the good things we have done. This is called Chaganusati. So we we're maybe more familiar with Marananusati, contemplation of death, or Buddha Anusati, Dhamma Anusati, Sangha Anusati, the contemplation of the Triple Gem, uh, um, and that these are the Anusatis, the recollections. So amongst those of the Anusatis, the recollections, Chaganusati is uh, often missed or forgotten about. And, but I feel it's extremely important. This is to recollect your own goodness. Chaga is generosity. So to, to recognize your own goodness and to, again, we don't have to do this in, a, in an egotistical way, but recognizing this was done, uh, this, this kind act was carried out, these things were given, this time was spent helping another person, and when the heart uh, recollects that goodness, then what is present is a brightness, a, a joyfulness, a, a spaciousness. This is the what we call punya or, or merit blessing. It's exactly that brightness of the heart that, um, and the Buddha is encouraging us to to recollect our own goodness, our own kindness, our own generosity, to be able to enjoy the blessings that we've created. It's like you've been working so hard, you made all this money. You might as well use it. <laughs> it's like going to work and getting paid. It's like you've you know, developed all these this brightness of your heart. Don't just let it be banked away and, and locked up inside, but let it shine. Let let that goodness be appreciated. And so, for many of us, this is really difficult to do. That uh, 
we are so inclined towards self-criticism or not wanting to dwell on our own actions or not, not, not wanting to be inflated or conceited. We go, oh, no, no, it was nothing. Or, oh, no, I was, you know, it was, I was just, um, I was only helping you because, you know, I felt I had to or that it was, um, <clears throat> well, I was just, I felt guilty for having so much money so I started giving it away. And we kind of put, a, we, we put ourselves down or, or belittle those uh, kindly actions and, and generous activities. But uh, I, I feel it's, it's very helpful to, again, pe letting the habits of self-view be put aside, <laughs> leave them aside and say, well, this was done, these, these people were helped, the, the, uh, this kindly act was done. Uh, if somebody else had done it, you would praise them for it. <laughs> but because it was you that did it, you make nothing of it. If it was somebody else who'd been generous, who'd been kind, who'd been compassionate and unselfish and thoughtful, you'd, you'd have no hesitation. You'd immediately say, oh, sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. That's beautiful, well done. But if it's me that did it, well, it's nothing really. And, you know, we, we push it away. So the, I encourage us to follow the Buddha's advice on the chaganusati, to recollect your own goodness. Yeah, uh, there's a, a very interesting little teaching where and it seems as though uh, before the, what the Buddha says uh, is, is recorded, it seems as though uh, one of the Sangha members has, has uh, said something like, Punya bun in the Thai language, bun is is unimportant, is insignificant. You know, wisdom is is the real thing. That's a, a mindfulness and wisdom. Satipanya is the, the real thing. So, you know, what's of, of genuine value? You know, only so foolish or, or worldly people would would uh, would look upon creating merit, making merit, tambun as something. Yeah, significant or worthwhile or important. That's very kind of shallow. That's very uh, inferior. But uh, so that part of the dialogue isn't recorded in the sutta. But I suspect it was there beforehand, because the Buddha says what the Buddha says in this teaching in the in the Itiuttaka uh, collection of teachings. He says, "Don't belittle punya. Don't look down upon punya as being inferior or." Or insignificant it says punya bun is another word for happiness. This is something that is is profoundly uh, important. Yeah. Punya is another word for happiness. So uh, these the, the fourth of these uh, recollections or ways of looking at our past actions. Look over the last year and to consciously consider the times you. You were patient. You let someone else go first. Just here at Amravati, there in the queuing up at the, at the uh, in the, uh, the servery or the food line. Oh, please, you go first. You have the last one. You know, please take the last biscuit. You know, <laughs> that uh, uh, how can I help you uh, to to make space for each other? To um, say just a, a simple act like um, coming onto a, 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 a motorway from a from a slip road, just letting another car go past instead of racing out and getting in front of it. Just notice when you patiently allow another car to go ahead of you, how does it feel? <laughs> how many times did, did we do that kind of thing during the year? Saying, yes, I've got time for you. Yes, uh, you can go first. Uh, yes, here, have, have some of mine. 
uh, all the near 10,000 different ways that we can be kind, we can be honest, we can be selfish, we can say, yeah, you, you choose the channel, or what would, what would you like to do? <laughs> you choose. Uh, the, uh, uh, the ways that we, we have gone without what we prefer, we've made space for others, just to, to think of those the tiny acts of kindness and unselfishness, generosity through the year, and let that, the punya, the, the, the brightness that comes from that, let that be conscious uh, to enjoy the, the light of your own goodness. Uh, this is why the, 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 the Buddha encouraged Chaganasati not to feed self-view and uh, create more obstructions to the heart, but rather to, to recognize this is the cause, it's wholesome, it's noble, it's beautiful, here's the effect, brightness, joyfulness, peacefulness. So look, enjoy it, here it is. So, as he said, punya is another word for happiness. So, as we, we come to the, the ending of uh, 2023 uh, here in, uh, in the UK, uh, and this opportunity to join together for the vigil this evening, um, it's now about 9.30, and so we'll have a meditation for the next couple of hours, so people can come and go, please come and go quietly, and Turn your phones off. <laughs> Come and go quietly. Uh, turn your phones off. And then at 11.30 we'll uh, be chanting the Parita to welcome in the, the new year. And during that time, you, please use the opportunity to, uh, if you, if you uh, are interested, you know, follow the advice I've been giving and look back over the last year or so and... Uh, and review those those four different areas that uh, I've been describing, and then as we review those and change the attitudes accordingly, um, the uh, looking at our own unskillful actions, the unskillful actions of others, looking at the helpful, the skillful actions of others, and our own skillful actions, to uh, as we review those and explore those and, and let the attitude shift in relationship to that, see what effect that has upon the heart and see the, the lessons that we learn and how attitudes can be changed. Acknowledging the, uh, and uh, appreciating the painful and acknowledging and appreciating the, the joyful, the beautiful. Then from that appreciation, then let's New, uh, your New Year's resolutions arise. Uh, it's very easy to come up with a list of I should do this and I shouldn't do that and to make New Year's resolutions from a, a, um, a conceptual perspective or an, being very idealistic. But I feel if we, if we uh, learn from the past, we really let those lessons from the past be known directly in a non-conceptual, direct way in the heart then the more that those are really received, then what will arise uh, on its own is skillful direction for the future. So let those New Year resolutions arise not from our, your, your brain and the, the, uh, from the, the idealistic perspective, but from the heart itself, that appreciating uh, those, uh, say, the uh, changing the attitude towards past actions and their, their results, receiving those, learning from those, then from that, that learning, from what is seen, what is recognized, let a, a New Year's resolution 
arise from that, then it's appearing in a very organic and natural way. It's not something that's that's forced or structured or or say coming from a the the realm of of ideas and idealism, but coming from the your own intuitive sense of your of your own life, the mistakes you have made, <laughs> the the beautiful things that that you have done, the the mistakes and the cruelties that others have done, and how you've worked with that, and and the the blessings, the the, the kindness, the the goodness that you've received from others, bringing that all together, then let that be what guides how we can adjust our, uh, our lives most skillfully into the coming year. So I offer these words for consideration this evening. <coughs> mm-hmm.